Hello, and welcome to Engage with Eagle Forum, a podcast to encourage the modern day woman and her vital role in shaping society. I'm one of your hosts, Tabitha Walter, the political director of Eagle Forum, and I'm joined by our, our executive director, Kirsten Hassler. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Engage with Eagle Forum. We are so excited to be back at the mic for season two. We know that this past year has been really hard for everyone with COVID, extra responsibilities and restrictions on our everyday lives, and then also just political turmoil. We are all wondering when or even if things will turn around, but don't give up. We are here to bring you all the information that you need to know about what is going on in the political world and what the implications of those decisions are for you and your family, and then how you can get involved in a very productive manner. And every once in a while, we'll sprinkle in a lighthearted episode, like what we really love talking about, reproduct or um, fertility awareness, I was going to say, which is reproductive empowerment, which is what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyways, so Tabitha, how are you feeling about everything right now? Oh, gosh. Um, obviously, I mean, I have a lot of mixed feelings, just like everyone else. I mean, we are in a job that we can't always drop at 5 p.m. because it in- affects our entire lives. Like this is politics. People are making decisions for us in our future and, um, and for our children. And so, um, and, and it's not just us, for everyone else too, everyone around us. And so uh, even when we try to take a break, we have to stay away from social media because there are so many political posts is just, you know, always in our face all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and most of the time, I can separate my emotions from work in a healthy way. Um, and I mean, that's just part of the job. And and you, I feel very called to be in this arena. And I think God creates people with specific personalities to deal with things like this. Um, I could never serve in the military, but there are special people who serve in the military and things like that. Or teachers. <laughs> right, exactly. And... So um, most of the time I'm good, but when the Capitol riot happened this year, it was so upsetting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was really in a funk for a while and, and I'm the kind of person who just like shrinks down and hides away. Like whenever I have these emotions, I'm not the person who, who posts about it on social media. I'm trying to deal with it privately and, and muster up some kind of strength, you know, for my family and my friends. Um, but the riot was just so grotesque to me and it was ungodly. It was un-American. And then to make matters worse, it was really hard seeing the comments from family and friends about Republicans or conservatives as a whole. They were painting us with a broad stroke, um, because I myself hated to see what happened. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I was getting blamed for what was happening. And, um, during that time, I had a good friend who, um, who sees things from the different side of the aisle a lot of times. And she checked in on me and she was willing to listen to my emotions. She was stressed at the same time. And so we got a lot of our feelings out. And it was, you know, that situation gave me a lot of hope because that's exactly what we need right now are people from either side of the aisle yeah. talking to each other and listening to each other. We don't have to agree on political issues, but it's a lot of times it's so much beyond political issues. It's just, you know, 
um, living in the community with each other and, and trusting God that he could heal us. And so um, that's exactly the type of healing that I needed during that time. So now I've processed a lot of things. I've prayed a lot too, because, you know, God is constant. Um, mm. Despite my feelings or what's going on around me, he's, you know, he's my rock. And plus he's the creator. Like he didn't just create me. He created the people who are angry as well. And he knows them so much better than I know them. And so who better to leave this up to than God, the, the one who um, created every single one of us. So during that time of praying, I also focused on my family and found a lot of joy among those day-to-day -day activities. And then for those of you who don't know, I'm five months pregnant. So I will have a little one soon to experience more life with and hopefully instill godly truth and values in. Mm -hmm. So that that's um, a lot of hope just right there in my belly. Um, <laughs> and then at this point, I'm just so ready to work. Um, now that, you know, I've processed everything, I'm ready to get to work as, um, as Biden says to. And I mean, <laughs> I do appreciate his calls for unity and civility at the same time his policies that he started working on and many of his campaign promises do not align with my views. So I'm looking forward to being creative and strategic to slow down a lot of the bad parts of his agenda and, um, and just get this show on the road. You know, <laughs> what about you? Uh, yeah, I probably echo a lot of that. You know, it was, it, I think it was very stressful for a lot of us who are, you know, somewhat involved in politics because there was just all these different unknown factors. Everyone was telling you something different and it was just very stressful. Um, and I am hopeful that even though we do have a, a Democrat president, House and Senate, that we will be able to work with a solid group of Republicans in both the House and the Senate to maintain some of our issues. So that namely being our pro-life, current pro-life laws and regulations, and then maybe, hopefully, some reform in big tech uh, censorship. So we'll see, but I, I'm hoping that at least we can ask Republicans to hold the line on, you know, on appropriations and the pro-life riders. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then like you said, Tabitha, Biden's speech was, and really the whole day, the inauguration concert, um, was all centered on this idea of unity. But on inauguration day, President Biden signed a handful of executive orders, but a lot of those were very deeply partisan, especially ones related to sexual orientation and gender identity. And so I'm just kind of fearful that this is really gonna set the tone for the next four years, that unity is only going to mean unity under the liberal agenda. Mm -hmm. but we'll get more into that in a little bit right it's hard it, uh, like we want to be open and we want to have mm -hmm. hope but at the same time like this is the same thing that goes on every new administration yeah. you know um <clears throat> it's easier to have hope in someone that you voted for mm -hmm. rather than someone you voted against and I know that we're going to go over a lot of issues that are negative 
but we don't want it to de depress you. We want it to challenge you to use your voice and speak out. We're going to give you plenty of those opportunities, believe me. Um, and some of these issues we, we may have not touched on in the last season, um, but it gives us an opportunity to bring on guests and educate you all and um, learn new issues along the way. So, so let's all have hope. <laughs> so um, let's go ahead and dive into what is going on right now. I want to start this on a positive note though. Um, our local news station did a short segment on it on the inauguration day fashion and I just loved it. Uh, you know, Dr. Jill Biden and her granddaughters had the most beautiful ensembles. Um, each one wore a different color, more in the pastel range. So it was very cheery. Mm -hmm. um, and plus they they all walked a really pretty far distance to the White House in heels, which I think is an amazing feat because I walked to the Capitol from a parking space in Hills and I about died. So um, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Um, and then Melania Trump uh, on her way out of DC wore this very classy black outfit is very like Jackie O style. And then um, when she got to Florida, she came off the plane wearing this retro style dress with like orange pops of collar. And I just love the symbolism there. She was like, goodbye, DC. You didn't treat me the best. <laughs> and she was like looking forward to a bright future and, and a change of scenery. It looked so Florida too. Yes, <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> so we'll post some pictures for you all to see those like little fashion items. All right, now let's get into the hard stuff. President Biden has some pretty lofty goals for his first 100 days. In fact, on his first day in office, like Kirsten mentioned, he signed a, a lot of executive orders. Some of those issues we can expect to see, um, not only from those executive or orders, but um, for his first 100 days um, are related to COVID matters, healthcare, climate change, responses, immigration, and a new tax plan. Uh, many of these issues intertwine with each other, but we're, we'll try to do our best to do a, a concise breakdown of what you can expect. So we may see some of these issues pop up in a COVID bill or some of these issues pop up in a healthcare bill, um, but these are the general goals of his administration. All right, let's just start with COVID because that's the big elephant in the room right now everywhere. And President Biden already issued an executive order that requires individuals to wear a mask inside all federal facilities and then also on airplanes. So a lot, I mean, a lot of airlines have already done this, but I guess if there was one that wasn't enforcing it, then here we go. Here's our executive order telling us to do it. So um, President Biden also kicked off a hundred day mask challenge, asking everyone to wear a mask consistently inside buildings for a hundred days. And then also on his first day in office on inauguration day, he signed an, an, an executive order. We'll probably use EO here and there. That's what that stands for, executive order. And this executive order is going to stop federal loan payments until September, 2021. So, and then lastly, his big legislative priority is another stimulus package that has a bill of about $1.9 trillion. 
included in this package. I'll highlight a few things here. $1,400 stimulus payments per person, expansion of Obamacare, paid sick and family leave until uh, September 30th, 2021, mandatory $15 minimum wage, a technology and cybersecurity expansion. I'm not really sure what all of that means and we probably won't really know what, what that particular part of the, the bill means until we see language, but we have some concerns about data mining and sharing of personal information. And lastly, just want you all to be aware that there, right now there is no mention of a mandatory vaccine or mask language, but that could all be put in a bill in order to safely reopen schools. Lastly, there will also be a gender-based violence section, which signals to us that there may be Violence Against Women Act language added to the legislation. And you've probably heard us talk about VAWA every once in a while, but it's a bill that is, is tried to pass basically every Congress. It failed this past Congress. So Biden has listed it as one of his legislative priorities. So we will not be surprised if they try to tuck it into another bill. Oh man, that's a lot. But in order to get this huge bill passed, they won't be able to use the usual passage process. The Senate and the House will probably have to use a budget reconciliation for a simple majority or nuke the filibuster in the Senate. So before we see this move to the Senate, we will likely see some attempts to change the rules in the chamber. Yeah, and, and that's for a lot of these bills too. Um, usually there's a um, majority needed of uh, 60 votes in the Senate. There probably won't be 60 votes on hardly anything. Yeah. So they're going to have to, in, when we say nuke the filibuster, that means they just need a simple majority, which is, which is 51 votes. Mm -hmm. And that's going to, like you said, Tabitha, that will happen a lot. Um, on the first day that the Senate was back after inauguration, which was that following Tuesday, Senate minority leader, minority leader now, Mitch McConnell, came on and said, hey, just a reminder, there's 50 Republicans, there's 50 Democrats. The tiebreaker is Vice President Harris. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they have a, essentially a one majority. Yeah. Um, which means we got to hold the line. Republicans have to hold the line on a lot of things, um, mm -hmm. but there's going to be a lot of negotiations in the process too. Yeah. So more important now than ever to make your voice heard to your representatives. <clears throat> now there will be a lot of healthcare initiatives with COVID, but we have to watch for other aspects dealing with healthcare or what they consider healthcare as well. We had so many wins on pro-life initiatives over the last four years. So many. Yeah. And we can't let those fall by the wayside. Um, Eagle Forum's January report centered around the theme of life. So we will link that in the podcast notes and on social media. There, um, there's a lot of those um, good things that were accomplished by um, by Trump and then what we can expect in a new administration as well. And Tabitha has a little little report in there too, so you should definitely go read it. <laughs> but you know, something that I found interesting about Biden is um, he has promised to fight for women's right to abortion when asked directly. Mm -hmm. However, he isn't as outspoken about it like Kamala Harris is, or a lot of um, a lot of the congressional members are. And well, on his first day in office, his press secretary 
was asked directly about his intentions on the Mexico City policy and the Hyde Amendment, and she completely dodged the question. And she was just like mumbling on about his religious affiliations and how he went to church and and it was it was just very interesting. And so it signaled to me that they view the extreme rhetoric on abortion as a losing argument. We've seen Planned Parenthood push so hard with these candidates and just pour so much money in. And but we even saw that during the um, the debates, the Democrat debates, because they didn't ask that question about abortion. Yeah. They steered away from it. So. I'm hoping that that's telling us that life is winning and I think people's ideas are changing on it. And so, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe we can hold the line on some of the pro-life wins that we were handed down over the last four years. Mm -hmm. That's my hope. <laughs> um, but also, we have to watch out um, for some of the administration promises that have already been made. Um, he, Biden rescinded the Mexico City policy, which banned the promotion of abortions overseas. And this is something that traditionally goes back and forth with administrations. Um, Trump issued it on his first day in office, and now Biden has rescinded it again. He also is planning to reverse the Title X decision to, to not force pregnancy care centers to promote abortion. So that was a Trump initiative. Um, so that, you know, a community health center or a pregnancy center would not have to promote abortions if they were morally against that or religiously based. Um, but now they may have to be forced to promote that. And, and I'll just mention, Tabitha, that Dr. Anthony Fauci, um, after Biden put the U.S. back into the World Health Organization, if you remember, Trump, Trump took us out, but now we're back in. It's confusing. <laughs> but anyways, he said um, the day after the inauguration, and I quote, and it will be our policy to support women's and girls' sexual and reproductive health and reproductive rights in the United States, as well as globally. To that end, President Biden will be revoking the Mexico City policy in the coming days as part of his broader commitment to protect women's health and advance gender equality at home and around the world, end quote. Ugh, so that's pretty telling. Yeah, that's a lot of fancy language for pro-abortion. Yeah. Um, and then he plans to disavow the Geneva Consensus Declaration that upheld the family unit as essential and recognized life in the room, life in the womb on an international scale. So it's sad to see those go. Those were really great wins. Um, but uh, we will also make our voice heard, voices heard on that issue as well. Mm -hmm. House Democrats, however, have different plans. Many want to strip out the Hyde Amendment, which bans taxpayer-funded abortions. This amendment has always had bipartisan support for many years, but as partisanship becomes more divided, the left is calling for its removal in every piece of legislation. This was historically something that Biden supported. Mm -hmm. And then in his campaign, he reversed and said that he no longer supports that. So we can't expect him to advocate for that anymore. Another healthcare aspect we will see is transgender services. 
Some may be taxpayer funded while other policies will force doctors to perform procedures that they may be morally opposed to. Uh, Biden's pick for Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is in favor of allowing transgenders who are actively transitioning to serve in the military. Now, this is an issue for deployment. The military has a list of conditions that would make someone unfit to serve. So like something like diabetes would deem them unfit because if they are deployed, that person may not be able to store appropriate medicines or they may not be able to stop in the middle of a dangerous situation to treat their symptoms for a condition that they already have. So the same rules should be applied to someone requiring hormone treatments or even excessively for their transition surgeries. And then on that same subject, the Biden administration is focused on bringing back Obama era guidance that allows boys in girls locker rooms, bathrooms and sports. Now this issue has commandeered bipartisan consensus even among feminist groups, because they see that there is a lot of harm in this. Mm-hmm. We did an episode with Doreen Denningy from Concerned Women for America, who talked in depth about what the Department of Health and Human Services did under the Trump administration. She also talked about a lot of legal cases, some of them outstanding, um, and a lot of things that we should fight against or support. So that is a really great refresher on this issue alone. And then that Congress will introduce soon the, or start moving the Equality Act, which is very dangerous and will um, really promote a lot of these things that we're talking about. So we will have an episode on that alone in upcoming weeks. And I know that was a ton of information to digest, but we have a lot of resources on our website, eagleforum.org. Tabitha and I write a Capitol Hill report every single week, which really is, is a great overview and summary of what happened that week in D.C. on Capitol Hill, in the White House, or in the Supreme Court, really wherever in D.C. Um, so if you're looking on for more information specifically regarding these pro-life or these anti-life policies, I should say, um, and pro-life provisions, then I would encourage you to go to our website and just do a quick Google search. Um, If you have any questions, just feel free to send us an email at engage at eagleforum.org. We're happy to to give you more detailed info on this. And our website has things broke down by um, topic as well. Mm -hmm. So if you like go on the front page, click the drop down menu, click topics, then it's all right there for you. Yeah. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Climate change. President Trump removed the United States from the Paris Climate Accord in, uh, I think it was 2017. And if you remember, we joined under the Obama administration. And when the the Trump White House removed the United States from the accord, it said that that the Paris Climate Accord is estimated to cost the United States $3 trillion in reduced output, $6 million, industrial jobs and about 3 million manufacturing jobs. But sadly, it doesn't seem like these numbers made any impact on the Biden administration. The US is already back in the Paris Climate Accord. And to add to this, President Biden also signed an executive order removing the permit for the Keystone Pipeline, which will further end a number of important jobs for many hardworking Americans. 
but there's more. <laughs> President Biden has also promised another of other initiatives to approach climate change. So just to name a few, this will include limiting methane pollution, new fuel economy standards, and new regulations for cars. We won't be surprised when we see the radical Green New Deal legislation language pop up in, a, in many different bills throughout both the House and the Senate and even in executive orders throughout this presidential term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is really dangerous for jobs, especially coming out of the pandemic where there's mm -hmm. been so many restrictions on businesses anyways. Yeah. And, you know, that's going to be hard to see. Mm -hmm. All right, let's switch gears here. Um, immigration is going to be a huge focus this year, um, and that means that the United States may see 11 million new citizens. Biden sent language to Congress who drafted it into a bill that provides amnesty to millions of immigrants, including those who are in the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program. You may know that as DACA. The, re the requirement for this is that they had to be inside the United States by January 1st of this year. <laughs> Crazy to me. On top of that, Biden rescinded the ban on immigration from countries that pose a danger to us and stopped the construction on the border wall. So let's put this into perspective. We are in the middle of a pandemic spreading and um, because of this pandemic, people have lost their jobs and businesses have closed. We are seeing political turmoil with people from both sides wanting to overturn our government. <laughs> our government is constantly looking into foreign interference. I mean, there is a huge debacle, debacle over the TikTok app where China owned it and they were essentially spying on us and collecting our data. But we want to open our borders and continue to incentivize illegal immigration is just so bizarre to me. I, I mean, listen, the whole immigration process is a mess. And we want people to come here and thrive and become productive citizens. But these one-off band-aids are not going to fix anything long-term. It actually creates more problems that have to be fixed down the road and it has terrible outcomes for our economy and communities. So the good news about this bill is that no one can agree on immigration issues on either side of the aisle. I mean, we saw so many immigration bills come down under the Trump administration that just didn't get passed because no one could come to any consensus on it. And so at least for this bill, that's good news. Like yeah. we, we don't have to worry about I hope we don't have to worry about this um, making it to Biden's desk. And just to note, um, on immigration issues, we really need to keep a close eye on our Republican allies because they've historically been unreliable on this issue alone. And they can be a little squishy. So we need to make sure that they make the right decisions on immigration issues. Mm -hmm. Now, we haven't had an episode dealing specifically with immigration yet. So we hope to have that one for you this season. But in the meantime, check out the organization Numbers USA. They, are, they do amazing work and they are always on top of what's coming down the pike. So check them out. Their website is Numbers USA and um, they also have emails and alerts that they send out on a regular basis. All right, last 
bit of bad news here. Let's talk quickly about what we know of President Biden's tax plan. So here are a few things that we know. So he's planning on raising corporate income tax to 28%, and right now it's at 21%. He promises not to raise taxes on those making under $400,000. He's going to raise the child's tax credit to $3,000. We'll expand the earned income tax credit, and he may use the budget reconciliation process to pass these. And if you are looking for more information specifically regarding tax provisions, don't ask Tabitha and I, <laughs> unless you want an answer in like, I don't know, a month or so, we'll find it for you. But anyways, you should follow or go to American for Tax Reform's website or the Heritage Foundation. Those are both organizations, great resources on those specific topics. Right. And because we haven't seen like a specific bill in Congress or specific language from Biden, um, some of these can sound really nice. I mean, like a, a bigger tax credit, uh, if you have children, come on, give me that money. <laughs> but in all reality, these really hurt taxpayers. And, you know, this isn't just, you know, our government has a wealth of money and they're handing us a check. This is coming from somewhere. And so who's getting the shaft? Are taxpayers paying for it? Are, um, you know, pregnancy centers losing their grant money. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of funnels that this can come from where we're essentially losing in the long run. And so there's a lot of really good tax information at the organizations that um, Kirsten mentioned. And um, while we're not like the financial experts, <laughs> my husband is, he's really good at that stuff, but um, but they have really good information and we will be posting that uh, this week so that you guys can uh, brush up on that yourselves. Guys, there, there are so many issues we could not fit into this episode. And um, we hope that we can tackle them this year with many different episodes, many different experts, and hopefully members of Congress. We want to highlight some of our new members of Congress, um, especially the women who made such a splash this year. And so we're looking forward to bringing you that kind of content. Um, but we wanna hear from you too. Drop us a comment or send us an email letting us know what you would like to hear about this year. We hope to take all of this information that we talked about today, give you the resources um, so that you can make your voice heard and that you can, you know, file away in your brain and be, be able to talk about it in a, in a knowledgeable manner. We're learning along in the process too. So um, this is gonna be all of us together. Be sure to subscribe, share this episode with your friends and leave us a review. You can find us on all of the major social media outlets and parlor as long as it sticks around. <laughs> and engage with eagleform.com. So we'll sign off of our first episode of season two. From your house to the state house to the White House, this is Engage with Eagle Forum.